So this week we're talking about the benefits and uh, or pros and cons of training and, and racing both with data uh, and without it or just relying on your feel uh, of how, you know, to, to judge your uh, efforts. Um, so I think this is a really interesting area because there's definitely a lot of people, you know, more and more into data, I think. And, and so this counter argument about do we actually need all the technology and do we need the data to train and to, to race with is an interesting one for me because I'm certainly somebody who follows a lot of data, I think, and I just love all the technology. So but I suppose what we should start off with is, is what do we actually mean by data um, and what sort of data we're talking about. So, and, you know, we're talking about it for not just for, like I say, just training, but for the race as well. And we're talking about, I think, um, please stop me if you disagree with any of this, but, you know, the, the data that we get from all of our equipment. So for swimming, I've just sort of jotted a few things down. You're going to have pace, heart rate, stroke rate, um, for running, similar sorts of things. But you've also got power that's coming in. You know, Apple Watch now supports power and things like Stride have, have done running power, um, which is, I think, quite interesting. And there's a whole lot of other running metrics, isn't there? You know, like ground clearance and things that seem to be becoming more prominent. Cadence. I think cadence is a you know similar to um, stroke rate. And cadence on a bike and cadence of running is sort of interesting. Cycling's always had a strong um, influence with power, hasn't it? It's always had a history with power. You know, since power meters have become prominent and more affordable um, for everybody, that's certainly one that's interesting. Um, and of course, you can get power balance data as well. So difference between left and right legs, for example. And then just general fitness data, you know, how fit are you? Training Peaks has their own way of doing this. Strava has one. We've got, you know, our sort of HRV data that we record over time, show over time within the app. And then there's things like VO2 Max that Apple Watch also captures. And then there's, you know, fitness tests you could do. And then also recovery data. So obviously training today, the uh, data from the app or looking at resting heart rate. And, I th- and there's tons of other things, isn't there? We've since started talking a little bit about precision hydration and doing some work, possibly having them on the podcast. And, you know, of course, there's things like perspiration rates and sweat tests that you could start to get into. So that's what I'm thinking. You know, that's the sort of um, types of data we're talking about. And then we could compare that to, you know, if, if we didn't have any data, just doing it based on feel. And, and so are we just talking about really sort of, RPE, or can you explain a bit what we mean by RPE, Fran, on on that sort of aspect, the the, the alternative to using data, just what um, it is, basically. Yeah, RPE is is a very basic, very simple rule of thumb that everybody can understand and everybody can use. Um, and if people work towards how they feel when they train it can be really really useful um what is really key is if you look out there there are loads of rpe charts millions of them so you need to make sure that all your athletes are working along the same rpe sheet sheet, otherwise it can get quite confusing yeah yeah and i suppose that's one of the things i've sort of noted down about feel is it's hard to be it's not necessarily going to be as consistent between athletes or even between sets of the same athlete potentially i suppose but we can talk more about that later so um in terms of you know why do you think people like data then let's just sort of get to that point so if we said 
because I think you've mentioned, said before, Fran, how people like to have data and like to sort of review. I mean, I think from my point of view, I've always, before even sort of, with, you know, when I was just sort of cycling for, for recreation, I always enjoyed the data as a sort of a way of, re, of reliving the experience almost. So you could look at your data and you could sort of go, oh, yeah, that was a cool bit and I enjoyed that. I want to, you know, that's where I sort of went a bit faster and so on. And so there's part of that. Um, but, it, but from a wider perspective of training, the data does give you something to to look at to see how you're improving or not, doesn't it? I suppose. Absolutely, it's a tool, isn't it? And and yeah. it's about using as many tools that are accessible to you. So power, um, pace for running, all of these things yeah. are really really useful metrics. Um, but I think they should also be in balance with understanding your own perception of effort. So if you yeah. say to an athlete, "I want you to run at threshold," for example then you perhaps don't get them to wear, but don't get them to look at their watch, get them to go out and run on perceived effort where they think their threshold is. Then you can look at the yeah. data and you think, well, is this athlete aware of how hard they're working? Is their heart rate going to what they think it should be? Um, and it's, it's a really good way of getting the athlete to understand uh, their own energy systems. But if you do that a lot and create a picture, it also gives you some evidence if something is up. So if right. um, they're under the weather or, yep. for example, a female athlete is anemic because all the yep. threshold elements will change, the recovery will change. So it's it's not about I'm just going to use data or I'm just going to use RPE. It's about creating a whole picture of everything. Yeah. And how about you, um, Will? You've, you've used data a lot, but I've moved away from it. Is that true to say? Um, I don't think I've necessarily moved away from it. I've got uh, a slightly different perspective. All my kind of professional training was through um, more of an, an analysis field. Um, yeah. So I've got a my default is is data heavy. But I guess back, back to your very first question of what is data? RPE is data because yeah. it's, it's, it's a number. You can you know data is that data is just information, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Um, so I think I think we're kind of talking uh, talking about one and the same thing. Really, it, it right. just depends whether you're leaning on technology to provide that information for you, or you yourself to to provide that. And and it's it's how you use it. Yeah, it's feedback, isn't it? And and I yeah, think I mean, do you think there's a part of the appetite for it? Is we're, we're in a in a kind of time where everyone wants instant something. Everyone yeah. wants to know now. So if I can look down at a screen and it tells me what I'm doing now, rather yeah. than me having to think, oh, how does this feel? How does this feel compared to last time I did it? How does this feel compared to something else? Why is that? They're the kind of thoughts that kind of go on the feel side of things, I guess, classically, rather than the data side of things. It's, it's easy data, isn't it? Do you think it becomes a bit of a shortcut? Because, I mean, do you think you can... Beyond the bike, say, and you're supposed to be hitting X amount of watts and you're hitting it, but you're feeling okay but it's supposed to be a higher intensity, you know, interval, but because your power looks okay, you don't go as hard. I mean, is there an element of your, your data actually driving the set rather than how you, you know, what you should be doing, you know, or maybe, or maybe the opposite is worse, the worst one where you, you're actually a bit under the weather and your power, you should, you're trying to hit a power that you shouldn't really be going for. And that could be causing more trouble. Than, you know, more, more problems. What do you think about that sort of thing, Aid? 
yeah no that's absolutely true and I think the the, the um, <laughs> what Will said just now is super important which is you know we, we've mentioned this before but the but the biggest source of data you have as an athlete is 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 in your head. That's 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 the thing that the, the computer that's driving your body, if you like, your brain. Um, yeah. And you know, the, the, as you say, you know, you you can you can set some fairly with 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 uh, you know, say a, a power-based turbo trainer as an example. You can set some very narrow parameters and try and identify very closely what where your athlete ought to be working in theory, based on the data in inverted commas that you've collected over a period of time but the problem the problem with you know sometimes with that is that the amount of factors that influence how well they can execute at that power level or whatever it is um are are huge you know huge number of different factors and they're all going to impact how successful they're going to be at doing it and actually whether it's in the right zone or not and it works both ways as you said you know sometimes some athletes um you do it the other way around because actually if you want them to control the power they're working at in order to get some recovery into their system on a on a bike ride or whatever, then actually setting some recovery parameters is is a good idea because some athletes are unable to do that. They actually go hard or, or not at all, and that's that's yeah. the way they that's the way they go. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's um, that's not me. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't got the benefit of a coach or or experience in a, in a way like if you're a new a newish athlete um i think the tendency is to and I, I we see i see this in you know support for the app quite a bit where people are sort of you know expecting very prescriptive answers and data to help them guide them their way through their training um but it's hard for you to know isn't it without having experience and without having somebody else with experience to guide you what you know what to do exactly you know, what data you should be setting for. But even, I suppose, on the RPE, it's hard to know, I think. Because I think when I think back when, when I started, if you'd have said to me, like you just said, run, run at threshold, I, I wouldn't, even if I'd looked up what that meant, I probably wouldn't know how to do that. And so the data, I suppose, in, you know, from that point of view, the data was, was really quite useful because it sort of let me get to a point where I could start to think about what would be my threshold mm. in reality. So it gives me something I can compare against. Uh, but yeah, what, what, what do you think about that, that sort of idea of um, you know, people who are new to sort of taking a structured training? Uh, you know, they, I think their tendency is to buy, if they can, loads of gadgets, get lots of data. But is that the wrong thing? Should you start out trying to judge... Uh, PE, trying to judge effort and then gradually bring in the data or vice versa, do you think? I think it depends on the athlete. I think it depends on what motivates them and what will drive them forward. And and each person is going to be different. Some people will want uh, uh, to get a training plan online and will want to use a watch and will specifically do exactly what it says. And crossing it off as it goes will motivate them to continue. And at the end of the day, you want them to be consistent in their training and progressive in their training. And if that motivates them, brilliant. Another athlete actually, especially if they're starting out, would find the data demotivating because they're not doing that. They're not running very fast or they're not swimming very fast or whatever it is. And that won't motivate them. So they'll probably stop after three or four weeks. So they're better with just a stopwatch and to go out and run for 10 minutes and then run for 15 minutes at a really easy pace. And 
so I don't think there is a right or wrong answer for this. I think it's it's about giving athletes um, accessibility to information that's correct because there's an awful lot of information yeah. out there that isn't correct, um, and letting them kind of feel their way and and you know if possible direct them towards a club because a club setting can really give them guidance and support um, and help right. them along their path whichever way they choose to go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Will, I think you have said um, that you've tried to wean off data a bit for racing. Is that is that right? Have I got that right or, or not? Uh, yeah, to a degree. I, I try and go a combo. So I'll use, I'll have parameters in my head and, I, and I'll yeah. use that as a bit of guidance. Um, but if you're, if you're halfway through a race and um, the numbers that are looking back at you don't align with how you feel, then you need to have a bit, quite a quick rethink. That, 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 yeah. That's the trick, and 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 trying to suddenly get your body to be in line with what you want the numbers to be or what you think they should be isn't going to happen. Um, yeah. So then you you're down the leaning towards the end of the well, let's go by how I feel and what's realistic side of things, um, and that comes with, like you were saying earlier, a bit of experience, a bit of knowing what feeling like this means and what feeling like this might lead to. Or if I change this, I might then feel like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that comes with yeah a bit of a bit of experience, a bit of knowing yourself and knowing um, knowing where you can push and, and where you need to need to ease off. Um, and like like uh, Aidan Fran have said, but that your brain and your body is is always far more important than whatever tech you can work with because yeah. it, it's your brain and your body that you're pushing you're not you're not trying to push a watch around <laughs> um, you're trying to push your body around ultimately and that's what yeah. that's the number one piece of kind of information and feedback that, that you can get i suppose the platforms have a bit of uh you know to you've got to consider that to, to a degree like strava and will put an emphasis on this obviously going to put an emphasis on data isn't it so people look at your average speed or your average watts and or you you know and so you know i find myself sometimes thinking about that when when i'm out on on the bike or oh, what's it going to look like oh i better maybe i can go harder here or not try and go up that hill because then the average thing will be but look, look better or something which is ridiculous but uh, you know i think there is a um a sort of pressure on that isn't it you know we're all sort of social beings so if you are on those platforms probably does emphasize data perhaps more because it we put comments in i suppose to say how we felt but we don't really say i think that's, where, that's what you can do i think Go that's on, where man. things like strava can become a little bit destructive i mean you know that not not necessarily but if people behave you know if people are looking at it like that and thinking about that when they're riding then actually yeah. you know the the key thing is to execute the ride as as it's meant to be and it, it i mean it was interesting what um will was saying just now about uh, you know, becoming over reliant on data because if you're over reliant on it, then it's a it's a little bit like um, having it's a bit like the advent of sat navs, isn't it? Where you find yourself in a place following your sat nav and then your sat nav stops working and you yeah. literally have lost the ability to figure out where you're going to go. And that, yeah. you know, you can't. You, so it's super important that you learn how to feel what's going on with your body. And Fran was mentioning thresholds earlier, and of course. You know, you can very clearly define thresholds according to certain 
um, data sources in terms of bike power or, or 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 heart rate or whatever it might be. But the reality is is that that, that doesn't necessarily work for an individual. That, you know, individuals can fall well well outside those parameters sometimes. Yeah. Um, so there are so many factors at play um, that it definitely becomes super important to be able to listen to what your body's telling you. But what about from a coach's perspective in terms of reviewing the session afterwards, especially when, you know, like we are working remotely, data data is pretty important then, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, so one of the key, you know, one of the key things, obviously we're looking for improvement. You're looking for improvement in performance from your athletes. Um, and, and, you know, there are, there are, data therefore becomes useful in measuring that because especially if you're looking at something like turbo trainer where you are able to create a relatively stable environment so you can start to compare um you know for instance if if uh you know somebody's working at a certain on a certain set at a certain power level and you can also get in their heart rate data back and you can see how hard they're working at that power level that can become quite useful in terms of um improvement and and you know yes you you've got your threshold bands that you can set your um set your power bands in for the for the sets that you're setting so yes from a coaching perspective super useful super useful and what what about the difference between training and race day i mean i i I mean i've tried i don't know whether anybody's tried has ever seen best bike split you ever seen that will the um i think it's been by the same guys who do training peaks isn't it but Basically, you can upload a course like a GPX, um, and then you put in your data, you put in your weight of your bike, you put in the date of the event, it predicts the weather, um, and it gives you a, like a CD value for your aero based on your bike and previous data that you put in, and then it breaks it down and gives you a whole power plan so that you can say, put, put this amount of watts in for this bit, um, and it will sync on the, on a Wahoo, I think. And I've done it. I've, I've you know followed that, and I should have hit this time. It was no, it was no nowhere near. Well, <laughs> it was completely off for me. But apparently, it does work for some of the pros. At least that's what they say in the advertising. But um, yeah. But just what about in in you know event day? Should event day just be purely feel, or is it? I mean, that, I, I mean, on mine, I'm thinking that might be something you could definitely do on a shorter race for a longer race you've definitely got to have more strategy involved haven't you for the for ironman distance i guess you can't just say let's go full you know flat out the whole way you've got to be able to gauge it but should that just be feel or should that be like oh stay to 70 percent of your ftp on the bike and and run at, you know heart rate around here fran wow um uh so i mean it depends if you ask me as a coach or as an athlete if as an athlete yeah. i would just quite happy have a stopwatch on i would do it all by feel i don't look at my watch at yeah. all. um yeah. i think having an especially with a long distance having an understanding of your body knowing when you can push knowing when you can back off understanding um the impact of pushing too hard on your energy systems is really really important yeah and if you want to do that any athlete needs to practice it in training you know they need to yeah. go out and do it without their watch they can really you know understand their body 
And actually, you know, whether you rely on data or not, I think it's really important for all athletes to be able to do that because data can fail. You can lose you watching the swim. Things don't yeah. go to plan. So, you, you know, you have to you have to have other strategies up your sleeve just in case that happens. And, you know, small goals, small targets throughout the race is really important that aren't about how fast you're going. Um, yeah. Other aspects as well, which I think is really, really important. That said, if you're somebody who, you know, likes to have that check-in, likes to know where their data is, absolutely. Um, and if they've practiced it enough in training, they'll know where their watts are that they should be hitting. But don't forget, you've got adrenaline and you don't want to limit what you could potentially do on, on race day just because maybe you're going 5% over what your watts possibly should be at that time. Yeah. So it's like ever it's a kind of it depends answer yeah yeah i mean it's interesting i I was thinking back on and i don't know how true this is but you know when you look at the sort of cyclist and look at chris freem who seemed to be very data driven and would sort of although he's he's denied that he was looking down at his head unit all the time and that was just the way he he rode but it did (laughs) seem to be very specific and then you compare that to sort of the young new breed of like Woot Van Aert or you know Van der Poel who who seem to just you know go whatever they want it seems to be completely on field isn't it and it's definitely a more exciting way to watch a race but it's also more uh yes yeah, very successful for them isn't it as well it can be damaging oh, yes. as well I mean if you think about Ironman racing if you go into yeah. a race and think right I want to swim 1900 meters in 30 minutes and you come out and it's 35 um that could put you in in a negative mindset going on the bike now there could be millions of reasons why you did it slower it could be tied it could be distance it could be lots of factors and when you're racing you might not have much of an idea of where you are depending you know if you're looking at being the pointy end of the age group or or what so you have to you have to have it in balance Mm. i think that's right I did. I remember. This, I did. Uh, I think it was a half or Olympic uh, Heaver Castle one year, and then I did it the following year. And actually, I was a little bit ill, but I hadn't really sort of realised I hadn't. But I was looking at my data on the second year, and I was going up the climb. There's a sort of fairly big climb there, and the second year, looking at the data, I thought it was way below the previous year, and that apps so demotivated me, mm. and that you know, then I had a terrible event really. So if I hadn't had that, maybe I'd have pushed. You know, wouldn't wouldn't have because you just looked down and thought, oh my god, I'm thirty watts below what I thought I was supposed to be doing, and you know, what's the you know, it was it was demotivating. So maybe maybe you shouldn't have had it at all. I don't, yeah, maybe that would be better for me. What do you think, Will? I think on it, the racing part aspect. Yeah, it just depends what level of importance and influence you choose to give to the numbers. Yeah. So I had interesting here in France talk there about that it can limit you. So I I probably had both ends of that spectrum last season. At a half yeah. early in the season, um, where I looked down halfway through the bike and was thinking, "Whoa, I'm about about ten percent above where I thought I should be. I could be in real right. trouble here, but I feel all right, so I'm just going to keep going and see how that goes." And yeah. then I got onto the run and thought, "I'm a couple of seconds ahead here of where I thought I would be, but I feel all right still, so I'm going to keep pushing." Yeah. And and it went far better, not far better. It went better than expected. Um, and then had a full distance at the end of the season where it was a complete opposite, where I got out of got out of the swim, felt okay, numbers were okay, got on the bike, got about a quarter of the way into the course, and the numbers were miles off where I was hoping they'd be. Yeah. But 
but if you if you've attributed all of your your the value of your race to those numbers then that swiftly makes it a really long day if you can get your head out of well that's just how i feel at the minute and yeah. there's, like aid said earlier there's so many factors that affect that yeah that then suddenly the numbers just inform a decision rather than being you know the the, the everything about that race yeah, that seems like a really key point, informing rather than dictating the data should be, shouldn't it? That seems like a good approach to, to take just generally, perhaps. That's easily said, think, not, not that easily done. That's, yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll, I'll, yeah. I will say that. It's really easy to look at the numbers and think, oh, let's just go by that. Yeah. I think there are some examples where, I mean, if, if you have an, if you, from a coaching perspective, if you have an athlete who, um, who perennially blows up in a race, then that yeah. that could be a time when you might introduce a more stringent plan and and uh, based on numbers. But I mean, I, I I've always said that you know if you if you um, if you're going to just race on numbers, then why not just look at the numbers before the race and not bother doing the race? You know, it, it, <laughs> it you know there, there's there is this element of competitive racing, and that's the thing you know about these uh, new breed of cyclists. You know, it, and yeah. and when you look at the tour. And the the Ineos Grenadiers or Sky dominating the tour a few years ago yes. by this kind of attritional method of getting their big team on the front and pushing the pace, you know, right on right on the limit, yeah. and just gradually, you know, this attritional approach. And then along came these, uh, and and obviously, in all, I mean, this is a great thing about sport, isn't it? In all sports, somebody will figure out a way to get ahead of that game and then it moves on again yeah. and then it moves on again and I, it's absolutely fascinating from that perspective um, yeah yeah so have we got any sort of final guidance then for I suppose we've covered it to a certain degree and it, we said it varies on a athlete, athlete but somebody starting starting doing some structured training for an event what have we got can we summarise a general sort of thing about how to use their data and how to know what's best for them uh, in that approach because I mean one of the things we haven't mentioned of course is data costs money as well because you've got to buy all the equipment yeah. to start collecting that data so it's going to add uh, I mean power meters have come down but they're still not cheap are they and, and you know, turbo trainers aren't cheap um, stride uh, you know, all these sort of extra bits of kit, kit you put on adds money so there's that aspect to it but have, can we finish off with a general um, guidance anybody want to venture Fran do you want to venture well, I think it all starts with having that conversation with the athlete, uh, finding out what right. they have, what information they have to their hand. Do they have heart rate? Do they have a watch? Do they have Garmin? Do they have a turbo? Um, and depending on what they have, you build a training plan around that. And it's about being open yeah. and it's about being transparent with that individual and using all means that you've got access to um but even if they are quite a data-driven person i would still get them feeding back on every single session how did that feel you know how do you how did you respond to that how well did you recover because everybody recovers differently and you use all that data yeah yeah interesting aid i would yeah i mean i would just say you know data super useful either as an athlete or as a coach but yeah in my opinion, I would say it shouldn't be the driving factor. That you know, that that's it. it it's a useful tool. It's not the yeah. thing that is the driving factor. Um, yeah. And that would, yeah. Makes sense. Speaking. Will you want to add anything? 
not a massive amount. So that's, I think guys, <laughs> guys have sum, summarized conversation pretty well. Yeah, co- combination of everything, but it's your body that's doing the work. So listen to your body first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So with that, I'm just going to put my stride onto my trainers and I'll go for a <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks so much, everyone. I think we'll end it there. And uh, speak to you next week. Cheers. Yeah, you go. Bye.